Peter Amiadaji. Peter gave his life to Christ in 1975 and has remained a growing Christian ever since. Peter graduated with a Bachelor of Laws degree from the University of Jos, Jos, Nigeria in 1983 and was called to the Nigerian Bar in 1984. He obtained a Master's in Business Administration from the IESE Business School of the University of Navarra, Barcelona, Spain in December 2000. He is the founding partner of the law firm PAC Solicitors and serves on the boards of some organizations. Peter is a graduate of Life Theological Seminary, Ikorodu, Nigeria. He is an ordained minister with the First Way Gospel Church and serves as a pastor of the First Way Gospel Church, Victoria Garden City, Lagos, Nigeria. He served on the International Faculty of the Haggai Institute for several years where he facilitated sessions on stewardship and resource development. He is currently on the global board of Our Daily Bread Ministries. He is married to Pastor Mrs. Osaretin Amiadaji and they are blessed with three adult adorable daughters. Thank you eternal rock of ages and to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, if we have our pens with us, I just want to run us through a few questions. We call it the integrity exercise. So if you have your pen, I have slides, but I'm not sure they're able to run them. But um, if you have your pen, you just listen as I read out the question, and then you can answer simply true or false. True or false. The first question is, I behave differently when I am away from the limelight. That is, when people are not looking at me, when people are not seeing me, I behave differently. I want you to just mark that question one. You don't have to write down the question. Question one, put true or false. Now, nobody is going to check your answer. It's just going to be between you and God. So the first one is, I behave differently when I am away from the limelight. So when no one sees me, if you are a pastor, when members of your church are not there looking at you, do you behave differently? If you are a leader in church, do you behave differently when you are away? You know, or if you are a Christian, where other Christians are not seeing you, do you behave differently? Or in your closet, how do you behave? Then the second question is, I find myself forgetting promises I make. I find myself forgetting promises I make. Do you forget your promises? True or false? Then the third one is, I am usually late for appointments. True or false? I am usually late for appointments. I'm sure many of you wonder what has keeping to time got to do with integrity. Then the fourth one is, I find myself changing from stated intentions. True or false? And then the fifth one is, people find it difficult to entrust me with secrets. 
People find it difficult to entrust me with secrets, true or false. Then the sixth one is, I often go for practical solutions rather than start from first principles. First principles. Practical solutions. People, do you go for practical solutions rather than start from first principles? True or false? There are things I do which I will not do if people are watching. There are things I do which I will not do if people are watching. True or false? Then number eight, I do not return the things I borrow. I do not return the things I borrow. From books to money, I do not return the things I borrow. True or false? Then nine, I do not consider it important to account for small amounts of money. I do not consider it important to account for small amounts of money, true or false. Whether the money is given to you by church, by your organization, or even given to you by your husband, and he expects an account, or given to you by your wife, and she expects an account, do we consider it important to account? Then lastly, I am concerned about my public image, how I appear to people, true or false. Praise the Lord. So, you look at it and then you see how many truths you have and how many false you have. And then you can do an introspection. Let us look at integrity. What is integrity? Um, last night... Um, our general overseer took time to talk a lot about this. But just by way of um, reminder and to reemphasize, and maybe looking at it from another perspective. You see, that word has its origin from the word integra or integration. And integral, for those of us who are familiar with mathematics or arithmetic, you know, you either have whole numbers. They talk about whole numbers. So they are not in parts. You don't have half or one quarter. They are whole numbers. So when you have one is whole, two is whole, or if you have half, one quarter, those are... So the integrals are the whole numbers. So to integrate is to combine in such a way that it becomes fully a part you know, fully, it becomes full. And if you look at the dictionary, the dictionary defines integrity as a condition of being whole or undivided. The condition of having no parts taken away or wanting. The soundness of moral principle. The character of uncorrupted virtue. Especially in relation to truth and fear dealing, uprightness, honesty, and sincerity. 
So integrity is also defined as the quality of being honest and morally upright. And is further defined as a condition of being whole and undivided. A person of integrity, therefore, means one who is whole in what he says and what he does. Wholeness in what he is in public as well as in private. I like Psalm 15. And I actually call that the integrity inventory. You know, Psalm 15, if you take time to read it, you would see, you know, it starts by saying, Who may stay in God's temple or live on the holy mountain of the Lord? Only those who obey God and do as they should. They speak the truth and don't spread gossip. They treat others fairly and don't say cruel things. They hate worthless people but show respect for all who worship the Lord. And they keep their promises no matter what the cost. They lend their money without charging interest and they don't take bribes to hurt the innocent. Those who do these things will always stand firm. And I call that the integrity inventory. But let's look at the checklist building on this Psalm 15. And let's ask a few questions. The first one is, it talks about, you know, a man of integrity obeys God. And perhaps the question you want to ask yourself is, what is your basic ethical commitment? Are you out to honor the Lord or to serve yourself? It talks about righteousness, that is, the man of integrity, the person of integrity does right. What is the end result of your work? Are you promoting good or evil? Are you promoting good or evil? So when you engage or embark on something, the question is, are you promoting good or promoting evil? Speaks the truth. Psalm 15 talks about speaking the truth. And the question for you is, are you in the habit of telling little lies? Or what they call little white lies? When it is necessary or convenient, do you tell some little lies to get out of tight situations? Then it talks about treating others fairly. Treating others fairly. Well, before then, he talks about do not spread gossip. And this is very important. Do not spread gossip. Do you tear down others behind their back? Do you tear down others behind their back? And then he talks about treating others fairly. What is your policy on office politics? And I dare say church politics. Do you believe in doing unto others before they do unto you? Then, further, 
Psalm 15, the integrity inventory, is he says the person of integrity does not say cruel things. Does not say cruel things. How loyal are you? That's the question for us. When everyone is down on a colleague, do you jump on the bank wagon? Or do you offer support and seek fair play? Seven. The person of integrity honors those who worship the Lord, not the ungodly. The question for us is, what is the character of your best friend? What is their attitude towards God and the things of the Lord? Eight, keep his word. It says the person of integrity keeps God's word. Even when, and then they keep their own words and promises. Even when it is costly. They keep their promises even when it is costly. Are you trustworthy? Unreliable? Is your word your bond? Or is there always a question as to whether you will follow through? Is there always a question as to whether you will follow through? The person of integrity, according to Psalm 15, does not lend money at interest unfairly. And the question for you is do you make it harder? or easier for poor people to gain the resources necessary to support themselves. And finally, he says that the person of integrity does not take bribes. What will it take to get you to compromise your integrity? Do you have a price? Do you have a price? And then as we go again, we see the, what I call the integrity declaration in Psalm 17. You look at verses 3 and 4. And that is David. He says, You know my heart. And even during the night, you have tested me and found me innocent. I have made up my mind never to tell a lie. I don't do like others. I obey your teachings. And I am not cruel. And that is David standing before God. And the question for us this morning is, how many of us can make this declaration? And I reckon that the essence and the objective of our conference this year is that by the time we live here, that we too will have an integrity declaration. That we too can, like David, stand before God and say, you know my heart. And even during the night, and that is when no one sees that God you see. And we can, like David, also say, you have tested me and found me innocent. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Because as they say, reputation is what you do when everyone is watching. But character is what you do when no one is watching. Praise the Lord.
And then you have integrity of action, integrity of speech. You have um, Matthew 6, 1 to 4, condemning hypocrisy as well. I pray that the Lord will help us. Integrity as a heart and character issue. Integrity is a heart issue. It must start from within. It is not about reputation for integrity, but it is character of integrity. So we need to watch it. We need to watch it. What we say outwardly is actually an expression of inward integrity. And increasingly, we talk less about integrity today. Yet integrity is at the heart of our Christianity. And I pray that the Lord will help us. I am so delighted that the theme and focus of our ICML this year is integrity and morality. And I think it's about taking us back to the basics because we are fast losing it. You know, people no longer place high premium on integrity and morality. And I think for us as Foursquare, we need to begin to remind ourselves and we need to go back to basics. Because amongst Christians today, we have what I call AIDS. We have AIDS. We have AIDS. And we need to begin to deal with it. I'm sure you'll be wondering what is AIDS. AIDS. AIDS is acute. Acute integrity deficiency syndrome. Acute integrity deficiency syndrome. And I pray that God will help us. Let's quickly look at the values of integrity. And I have ten values of integrity that I'm going to run through very quickly. The very first value of integrity is, you see, integrity is what God expects of us. It's what God expects of us. And because it's what God expects of us, there's no compromise. You and I have the obligation to meet that expectation. And that's why you see um, in First Kings chapter 9, verses 4 to 5, he says, look, as for you, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and uprightness as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. As I promised David your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. This is God talking to Solomon. So God expects that we will walk before him in integrity. And in Job 2.3, you will see the Lord, the Lord talking to Satan, boasting. And he said, he said Job 2.3 tells us, he says, Then the Lord said to Satan, and I'm reading from the New International Version, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless 
and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. Though you, inf- you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. I pray that the Lord will look at all of us after this session and in the years to come. And the Lord can, with all confidence, say the same thing he said of Job, of each of us in Jesus' name. I want a louder amen. Amen. And I really want you to mean it, you know, and ask that the Lord will help you. I mean, what a joy for God to make a declaration like this on you. That's my own goal. My prayer is that the Lord will look on me and say the same thing he said of Job. I pray that the Lord will help us. And Matthew 22, verse 16, you know, it says, Then the Lord said, sorry, they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. That's talking about Jesus. So it's God's expectation. Then the second value, as I move very quickly now, God judges integrity. Psalm 7 verse 8 tells us, it says, let the Lord judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. God judges integrity. And the earlier we recognize this and appreciate it, the better for us. Then the third value, the pathway, the lifestyle of integrity is living like Jesus. Living like Jesus. Jesus, our example, was a man of integrity when he lived here. He was a man of integrity. We saw in Matthew 22 verse 16 that I just read. And it's interesting because that was coming from the Pharisees. It was coming from the Pharisees. I mean, it will be great when your enemies and those that have set themselves up against you say that, "Mm, in spite of how we feel about you, that man is a man of integrity. So if your enemies can declare that you are a man of integrity, then I'm sure your friends will not have any problems. Then you would have also met God's um, expectations. I pray that the Lord will help us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, his enemies, the Pharisees, had cause to declare that Jesus was a man of integrity. I pray that that will be our portion in Jesus' name. And then the fourth value of integrity is that it is a cardinal condition for leadership. I recall when uh, General Vasya was ministering to, to the pastors before the refreshing um, vigil. You know, he said one of the cardinal conditions for ministers is integrity. 
Integrity is a cardinal condition for leadership. And it's clear. When Jethro was advising Moses on the need for him to select and choose leaders that would help him, one of the conditions that he gave to him in Exodus 18.21 was that the leaders that he would appoint should be people who are honest, people of integrity. So if you are a leader or you aspire to leadership, it's important that you build and cultivate, you cultivate and build the character of integrity. Then, the fifth value is it helps us walk securely and confidently. It helps us walk securely and confidently. You know, and you, you have that in Proverbs 11.3 and Proverbs 10.9. So, integrity guides the leader and makes them walk securely. So you don't have to be watching your back all the time. You know, don't, you don't have to struggle to cover tracks because you're, you have a character of integrity. You do the right things all the time. I pray that the Lord will help us. The sixth value is that God establishes those who walk in integrity. We saw that in um, 1 Kings 9, 4 to 5, when the Lord was talking to Solomon and, I, and said to him that, look, if you walk before me in integrity, that I would establish your throne. I have no doubt that the Lord is speaking to many of us here today. That if we walk before him in integrity, he's going to establish our ministries in Jesus' name. And then, seven, the man who walks in integrity will find favor with God. And that is the, and the key lesson that we take away from the life of Daniel. When you walk in integrity, you'll find favor with God and with man. Daniel was a man of integrity, and he found favor with God and with man. Then the eighth value of integrity is integrity empowers us. Integrity empowers us. When we cultivate integrity and build a character of integrity, you know, we receive empowerment. One, confidence comes with it. We walk securely, like we've said. Integrity gives power to our words. So that when people listen to you talk, you know, they don't start saying, uh, when you are talking, you know, there's an expression in Yoruba, right? You know, when, when, when he's talking, mm, when you're not, he's just saying it. You know, and, and I remember my mom used to tell me something in those days. She, when she wants to tell you that this man is not a man of integrity, she tells you, she says, if this man tells you to stand here, you better run away. Because you don't know what's going to. So, you, you know, so we, we, in integrity empowers us. It empowers your word. When you talk, people can hold on to your word. People can take your word anywhere. You know, in those days, 
people, when Christians talk, and when two Christians transact, they don't have to sign documents. It's sealed. It's sealed. Recently, some time ago, I was having a chat. There was an issue we needed clarification, and I was dealing with ministers. And then one of them said, oh, maybe I should have invited a secretary to come when we're discussing, so that they will take minutes. And I said, wow. So we're there. So when two people are talking now, you need to take minutes so that they can sign. Whereas the word of God tells us that as Christians, let our yes be what? Yes. And when we talk and we shake hands, it's sealed. But even amongst Christians, we need to document. Or we need to build sufficient paper trails so that we can establish the transaction. Because the problem we have is that our word is losing its power. And the integrity behind our word is waning. I pray that the Lord will help us to begin to restore in Jesus' name. Integrity empowers by giving strength to our plans. And then integrity also gives force to our action. And these are all the ways that integrity empowers us. And then the ninth value of integrity is that integrity enhances our witness for Christ. And this is key. And I think that this is one area that we're having huge problems today. And perhaps where the gospel is not spreading as fast as it ought to. Because people are not seeing the gospel in us as Christians. And how do you declare, how do you proclaim good news when you are bad news yourself? How do you proclaim good news or proclaim the gospel when the life that you live is a complete contradiction of the gospel? The reality is that, you see, evangelism is about presenting the gospel. And presenting has two components, presence and proclamation. Our presence, which is the lifestyle that we live, is as important as our proclamation for your information. So the life that we live is as important. Some of us became Christians not so much because people said anything to us, but because we saw the way Christians were living. I gave my life to Christ in 1975. And I did that majorly because I saw the way the Christians, young as they were in secondary school, I liked the way they were living. I admired it and I wanted to be like them. That is presence. They lived out the gospel as young as they were. And it attracted us. When was the last time someone walked up to you and said, Look, why are you different? I like the way you live. I want to be like you. And that's how, that's where integrity plays a key role, even in our evangelism. And for your information, much as we tend to target individuals as we talk about integrity, we need to also understand that there is corporate integrity, that you, the local church that you lead is your local church known for integrity? 
What kind of leadership do you provide? Do people look at your church and say, Oh, that church, when they say they will do something, they will do it. When they present their report, know that that report is true. In your community, your local church, is your local church seen and regarded with integrity? And collectively, as Foursquare Gospel Church, do they see us and say, yes, that is an organization, a movement with integrity. So there is corporate integrity as well. But our individual integrity all add up. So when you run a Foursquare Church in one corner of the country, and you do something that runs counter to the Word of God, and you erode integrity, what you are doing in essence is you are eroding the integrity of the organization and movement. And I pray that the Lord will help us. And then lastly, integrity strengthens our relationships. Lifestyle of integrity strengthens our relationship. The lifestyle of integrity helps us to earn the respect and the trust of others and supports us to build stronger relationships with family, friends, brethren, even our business associates. Let us be different. You know, these days, it's so difficult to deal with people in the marketplace. Particularly when you... Oh, have you tried dealing with some artisans? You give them work to do. You put in so much... Sir, artisans, yes. You put in so much effort to monitor them, whether electrician, carpenter, and so on. I dread it. It's a nightmare for me. They will tell you that they are coming. They will not come. They will collect money to deliver. They will not deliver. Some of them are even Christians. They gave us an instance in the church where somebody was to do the roof. I think it was the general overseer. In one, the pastor then decided that, okay, they will give it to two members of the church. They did not deliver. But you see, integrity will help us to strengthen our relationships. And I pray that the Lord will help us. Let's qu quickly, I'm done with 10 values of integrity. There could be others. Um, this may not necessarily be exhaustive, but just 10 values. But let me quickly touch on the safeguards. And just three safeguards, particularly for leaders and ministers. You know, safeguards um, of leaders' integrity and common pitfalls. One is power. You know, how do you use power? How do you manage power? Do you abuse power? And where do you find security? You know, what are the things that you do because you want to secure your position and power? Uh, we, we need to be careful with power because those are some of the things that can threaten our integrity as leaders. Because you now begin to do things you shouldn't do because you feel very insecure and, um, or you want to secure power and position. Let us know and always remember that the security of our position comes only from God Almighty and not from man. So that we don't abuse power and then we don't misuse it. Or we don't do things we, we ought not to do just to protect it. So the anecdote or antidote will be, let God be the source of our security. This, let recognize the sovereign will of God and trust that the Lord will work all things out together for good as we have in Romans 
8.28 and daily dying to self as Galatians 2.20 encourages us. And then we need to watch more, um, immorality, sex, particularly for, for men. We need to be very careful. So we need, as um, an antidote, we need to establish clear boundaries for dealing with the opposite sex. We need to cultivate strong and ongoing relationship with our spouses. Um, and then we need to retrieve and redeem idle times and thoughts. And then money, our dealings with money, materialism, covetousness, and possessiveness. We need to be careful. We need to remember stories like Gehazi, great promise, but finished so badly. Ananias and his wife. So we need to cultivate trust. We need to cultivate gratitude. And we need to cultivate detachment. Cultivating integrity. We need to prayerfully um, repent. We need to take care of small things. Small things are important because they add up. We need to say no to temptation. We shouldn't separate our private life from our public life. We must be aware of split personality, an angel in public and something else in private. We need to keep a clear conscience always. We need to... Accurate data reporting is important for us as leaders, as churches, as we send in information on our work, as we report on our performance. And then accountability is important. First Corinthians 4.2 demands that we should be accountable for the things that have been entrusted to us. You can build accountability checks around you. I build accountability checks around me. People that you empower who are free to ask you questions and tell you to account for the things that you do. And as I conclude, I just want to remind us that God wants to move in the life of every Christian who will choose the path of integrity. So I want to encourage us to sow a thought of integrity so that we can reap an act of integrity. Sow an act of integrity so that we can reap a habit of integrity. Sow that habit of integrity so that um, we can reap a character of integrity. And as we sow the character of integrity, we will reap a lifestyle of integrity. I challenge you today to choose the lifestyle of integrity and walk as men, women, leaders, pastors, and ministers of integrity. God bless you all. Let us bow our heads. Praise the Lord. Let us bow our heads and pray. Let us bow our heads and pray. And I just want you to speak. Talk to the Lord. You have listened. We did integrity exercise. You can rate your standing. But the beauty of it is that you can come to God just as you are. But you see, you cannot remain as you are. And I want you to begin to ask the Lord that the Lord will help you. That the Lord will help you so that as you go through this conference, that at the end of it all, the Lord will begin to prepare you to begin to live a lifestyle of integrity. Let us ask that the Lord will help us. You know areas of weakness that you have. You know the weak points that you have in your life. This is the time to begin to talk to God. And ask that the Lord will help you. 
ask that the Lord will help you in all those areas so that we don't fall. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for this time. Lord, we look up to you and we ask that you help us. On our own, we can do nothing. But Father, all that we need to be able to excel and live a life of integrity, you have made available to us. Help us, Lord, to take hold of all of this and be resolute as we look up to you to help us to be Christians, leaders, ministers, pastors who live a lifestyle of integrity. Let it be seen. Let it be open. Let even our enemies declare that yes, indeed, we are people of integrity. Let our organization be known as an organization of integrity. Father Lord, help us so that we will meet your expectations in this area. And to you will all the glory be. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. And to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.